This is a big year. The Ohio Lottery's golden anniversary. 50 years of excitement, of growing jackpots and crossed fingers. 50 years of funding for schools, of changed lives and brightened days. 50 years of fun. And that is worth celebrating. So watch for can't-miss promotions, huge events, and new games that will make the Ohio Lottery's 50th year its biggest one yet. Learn more at funturns50.com. Whether you're making the same breakfast that you have every day or baking a cake for an extra special day, eggs are a staple in our diets. Eggland's best eggs are nutritionally superior to ordinary eggs, containing more vitamins and 25% less saturated fat. Not only are they better for you, but Eggland's best eggs taste better too. There's a reason that they're America's number one eggs. Visit egglandsbest.com for additional information and delicious recipes. Welcome to True Crime Garage. Wherever you are, whatever you are doing, thanks for listening. I'm your host, Nick, and with me, as always, is a guy that everyone knows about, from the Queen of England to the Hounds of Hell. Ladies and gentlemen, the captain. Off with their heads. It's good to be seen and good to see you. Thanks for listening. Thanks for telling a friend. Today, we got that golden monkey still with us here in the garage. That's right. We are featuring golden monkey Belgian style triple ale from Victory Brewing. ABV lookout 9.5%. So drink this one at home in your garage. And for garage grade, let's do 3.75 bottle caps out of five. And let's do a couple of shout outs to thank those of you out there who are friends of the garage first up a cheers to antonette in revere massachusetts a big shout to bailey in denver colorado here's a cheers to mikey mike from newark delaware and a big shout to laura in georgetown kentucky here's a cheers to michelle in shireman's town pennsylvania and last but certainly not least we have tony blackwell from Jasper, georgia all of these fine folks contributed to the beer fund at true crime garage Yeah, B-W-W-R-U-N, Beer Run. Go to the store page, get you some merch, keep the lights on here in the garage, get you some, and that's enough of the business. All right, everybody, gather around, grab a chair, grab a beer. Let's talk some true crime. When we left off, Captain, we were reintroduced to Kyler Eust, a name we've heard before. He was the boyfriend of missing person Kara Kapetsky from nine years ago. Jessica did not tell Jackson that she was going out with Kyler that Thursday night when she did not come home. Now, at this time, Kyler was living in Kansas City with his grandfather. This after being released from prison just over a month earlier. And he was hanging out with Jessica Runyons of Raymore, who was, as said, apparently the girlfriend or ex-girlfriend of Kyler's friend, Jackson Mallet. Meanwhile, on Saturday, September 10th, 2016, at 1.41 a.m., the Kansas City Fire Department found a vehicle on fire at 95th Street and Blue River Road. This is in Jackson County, Missouri. The man who reported the car fire recognized the license plate of the burning vehicle as that belonging to a girl he'd seen online as missing, Jessica Runyons. Indeed, the car 
which was incinerated to a smoking shell, was Jessica's Equinox. It had been deliberately set ablaze with gasoline spread inside and out of the vehicle. Later that day on the 10th, a young man named Jessup Carter called the Belton Police Department. He told them that he was with his half-brother Kyler Eust, apparently they share a mother, when Kyler set Jessica Runyon's vehicle on fire. Further, Kyler confessed to Jessup that he had strangled Jessica and that she was gone. Double douche canoes. Kyler told Jessup he dragged her into the woods and left her there. Kyler had asked Jessup to help him destroy the vehicle and to hide evidence. And while he was burning the vehicle, Kyler got burned himself. Yes, he managed to burn his hands and face while setting Jessica's car on fire. Jessup took Kyler to a trailer home in Edwards, Missouri, to let him hide out for a while and heal from these burns. But then he decided to call the police. It's too bad Jessup didn't decide to put Kyler out with a shovel. Authorities obtained a search warrant to search his mobile home. They were looking for evidence in relation to the vehicle fire and to a missing persons investigation. Well, and remember, he was also the main suspect in the disappearance of Kara. They collected a blue plaid shirt and an alcohol pad and a Q-tip with blood on them. But more importantly, they found Kyler Eust hiding out just as Jessup had said. Photos of Kyler taken by police show that he had burns on his face. He also had burns and blisters on his arms and hands. And in my opinion, Captain, if you look closely at these pictures, you can see he also has scratches on his face and hands that came possibly from Jessica Runyon's defending herself. Well, it's interesting that you point that out because that's in my notes, but that's not reported anywhere. Well, since they had no idea where Jessica was, police did not feel that they had enough to arrest Kyler for her murder. They don't know, in fact, at this point, if she has been killed. They just know that she's missing at this time. So what they did do, though, was they arrested him on charges of knowingly burning a vehicle, which, of course, is not as serious as murder, but at least it would ensure that he would be locked up for a while right? while they're going to try to obtain other evidence against Kyler. But also, based on what his half-brother is saying, it leads you to the idea that we need to find her and chances are you're not going to find you're not going to find Jessica alive. Yes. In these situations you are looking for a live missing person until you have something to suggest otherwise. And here with Jessup's story that he's telling to police, we have something to suggest otherwise. That's very sad and disgusting. Kyler was taken in by detectives from the Kansas City Police Department's Fugitive Apprehension Unit. On Wednesday, September 14th, this was his 28th birthday. He was arrested and held on $50,000 cash-only bond. And at this time in our timeline, Captain, Kyler wasn't talking to anyone anymore. Kansas City Police issued a press release, conducted searches for Jessica, interviewed all of her friends and acquaintances, and followed up on tips and leads. They searched the area where Jessica's car was found for two days. Reportedly, they collected a bag that belonged to Jessica found where the vehicle was set ablaze. They continued searches for Jessica over the next few months, even asking the public for any type of surveillance footage that they may have from their homes or from businesses that were near the location that the vehicle was found. Well, this is like deja vu to this small town. 25,000 people. This just happened nine years ago where we were looking for Cara. Now we're looking for Jessica. This whole community is going to rally around these families. Cara's family is going to rally around Jessica's family. And I wish more communities were like this. And it's just great to see in this case. So the authorities searched Kyler's grandfather's apartment. Remember, he's living there briefly with his grandfather once he got out of prison. This was in the 8700 block of Crescent Avenue. 
Kyler's grandfather, his name Alfred Eust, aged 85 at the time, told the police he didn't know what was going on with Kyler as he hadn't been around for a few days. Alfred later told the star that Kyler was a good boy when he was living with him and his late wife. He said he never saw the side of Kyler that police say they were seeing. Meanwhile, Jamie Runyon's, this is Jessica's mother, was going crazy with worry about her missing daughter. Right. Where could she be? Well, you would think that law enforcement would have relayed. They basically have a confession from Kyler to Jessup about him strangling Jessica and leaving her out in the woods. Her family spent the time, Captain, conducting organized searches, actively looking for Jessica and handing out flyers. They told the media that these activities keep us from sitting at home waiting for a phone call, adding that we can't just sit. This was Mike Runyon's, Jessica's grandfather, told the Kansas City Star. Jamie found some solace in the only person who could understand what she was going through. Believe it or not, it's Rhonda Beckford. We've heard that name before. That's because that's Kara Kapetsky's mother. Rhonda and her husband, Kara's stepfather, They've been actively keeping Carr's case in the public eye for all these years now, organizing rallies and walks and keeping the Belton police accountable even as the investigation dragged on with seemingly nothing. Rhonda told the Kansas City Star that when she first learned on the news that Jessica Runyon's was missing and that she had last been seen with a man named Kyler Eust, her heart sank. She reached out to Jamie. Rhonda said her primary focus now was supporting Jamie and helping her stay positive. She told the star, quote, when you're going through something like this, you have to hold on to hope. If you don't, you end up in a very dark place. That's good advice. She hoped that with Kyler's arrest, some light would be shed on what happened to her daughter, Kara as well as Jessica. Over the next months, with no sign of Jessica, her family held vigils, sold T-shirts, passed out flyers, and tried to keep the pressure on the police to find their missing girl. They also searched everywhere they could, dedicating as many as three days a week, every week, to look for Jessica. And this is kind of shocking here, Captain. Not once, but twice, in fact, two weeks in a row, groups out looking for Jessica discovered other human remains. They found bodies in brushy, wooded areas, bodies that were not Jessica or Kara. Mm-hmm. At least the family thought that they were providing some type of closure for some other families, if not their own. Well, and also remember, if you go back nine years prior, this restraining order against Kyler was that he was choking Kara. So now here we have another situation where somebody's claiming that he strangled Jessica. Yeah, and like you pointed out, the Belton authorities, it looks like they were fairly certain that Kyler was the one responsible for Kara's disappearance way back in 2007, and they just couldn't prove it. Belton PD Lieutenant Brad Swanson often visited Kyler in prison and made sure that Kyler saw him when he was set free. So he tells the Kansas City Star that I make sure that he never forgets that I'm around. And this is interesting because it looks like since 2009, the Kansas City Municipal Court records show that police gave Kyler at least eight traffic citations for everything from failure to obey traffic signs, parking in an improper manner, and running a red light. I mean, these are all things that they should issue citations for anyway, but it almost gives the appearance that the police always seem to be around or on the lookout for Kyler. They're kind of letting him know we're watching you. Now that Kansas City police had Kyler incarcerated for that car fire, and again, he finds himself being the suspect number one in a disappearance of yet another young woman, Belton police began working with the Kansas City Police Department to gather evidence against Kyler that could help them both put murder cases together against him. Well, in 2010, he was accused of trying to choke his 18-year-old girlfriend to death. 
And he was also accused of trying to kill her three cats. So what we have here, Captain, is sadly, Carr's case goes cold. And then all these years later, Mm -hmm. Jessica goes missing. We have months that go by. And it looks like we're in danger of the same thing happening here in this case. Well, it's hard to get a conviction if you don't have the body. Well, the break that law enforcement needed, it comes in the spring of 2017. This when a mushroom hunter, Keith Todd, was exploring the woods near a quarry for fungi on April 3rd, 2017. He was in the area of... 233rd Street and Y Highway. This is in Cass County, a heavily wooded area south of Belton. Todd came upon what he immediately recognized as a human skull. He called police and reported what he found. Police roped off the area and looked for any evidence that they could find, and sure enough, they found more human bones. They were scattered, many had been gnawed on, and some were never found. Police called the parents of both Jessica and Cara to let them know that remains had been found. This was standard operating procedure, of course. They had no idea whether the remains belonged to either of the girls at that time. Right. Remember, search teams had found bodies twice before on January 21st and January 28th that were not the girls that they were looking for. But Rhonda and Jamie did not sleep much that night. This is what they later later said to the media. Well, and if you're law enforcement, I I wonder if they're more hopeful for one remains or the other because with the car case, you have some evidence that points towards Kyler, but with the Jessica case, especially with this supposed confession to Jessup, his half-brother, that if you find her remains, you're going to be able to, build a stronger case against them because you have that confession in the in your back pocket. So while they're waiting on pins and needles, then the next day, a second set of human remains believed to have been there much longer were found. Now, at the time, Jamie and Rhonda were sitting down for a joint TV interview. The call came in from Lieutenant Brad Swanson, who told them, I'm not going to say 100%. But just my gut is telling me we may have some resolution. Police then summoned the families of both Jessica and Cara to a meeting at the police station. Jamie and Rhonda faced the media afterwards holding hands. They had to wait for confirmation of their worst fears, but they said if the remains were the girls, they were glad they were together. And indeed, the Kansas City Medical Examiner's Office and State Crime Lab identified the first set of remains as Jessica Runyon's. After Jessica was ID'd, Rhonda Carr's mom acknowledged that it could take months to determine whether the older bones found near Jessica belonged to her daughter. She said, quote, in my heart of hearts, I believe it's Cara. Here we are still waiting yet again, end quote. The second set of remains was finally identified through DNA as Cara on August 16th, 2017. This with the help of the FBI crime lab in Quantico. Jamie said that while she had searched for months and months for her daughter, she never went as far as the 233rd Street location where the remains were eventually found. Do you want to set your child up for success? Of course you do. That's why you need to check out IXL Learning today. IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids covering math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed to help them really understand and master topics in a fun way. It's powered by advanced algorithms. IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or or personality. There's one site for all kids in your home pre-K to 12th grade. Kids could use it at home on their computer or on an app on your phone or a tablet. No more grading those worksheets. IXL grades everything for you. 
one in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. I love recommending IXL learning. Kids can learn at home or on the go. And all my friends and family that are using it absolutely love it because it's so easy to set up and so easy to use. And even the kids that I've recommended it to their parents have told me, hey, Captain, thank you. I was having problems in math and my parents couldn't help me, but IXL could. Do you want to get your kids back on track or do you just want to get your kids ahead? Do so with IXL Learning. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And True Crime Garage listeners, get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when you sign up today at IXL.com slash garage. Visit IXL.com slash garage to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Check out IXL.com slash garage today. The best part of spring cleaning takeaway is the post-clean clarity you get. It's kind of like when you find out that you've been paying a fortune for wireless. When Mint Mobile has phone plans for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. It's time to switch to Mint Mobile. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and bring your phone number along with all of your existing contacts. Ditch overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for 15 bucks a month. Save a lot of money with Mint Mobile. Get their great mobile wireless service delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. That's premium service at a great price. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash TCG. That's mintmobile.com slash TCG. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash TCG. $45 upfront payment required, equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Fuel up for them with Factor's no-prep, no-mess meals. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Crush your wellness goals this May with dietitian approved meals and ingredients that you can trust. Make your day delicious. From breakfast to dessert, stay fueled with easy, nutritious options. Treat yourself to restaurant-quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon. I am new to Factor, and I have been loving every minute of it. I have a problem, and it's called lunch. Some days I need a pack of lunch, and some days I work from home. Whether I'm at home or whether I'm on the go, Factor is fueling my lunch from now on. Head to factormeals.com slash truecrimegarage50 and use code truecrimegarage50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code truecrimegarage50 at factormeals.com slash truecrimegarage50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. All right, we're back, you filthy animals. Cheers to you. Cheers to everyone out there. All right, Captain, how about a little background information on Kyler here? Mm Mm-hmm. 
What we could find says he was born in 1988. Reportedly, he never knew his mother, Jonine, until his teen years. And his father, Kenny, as we have seen or heard, was reportedly a meth addict. Kyler was raised by his grandparents. This is Alfred and Doris Eust. And he was troubled from a very early age. Court documents filed by his attorney cite Kyler being sexually abused as a child and suffering from PTSD as a result and maintain that he also was diagnosed with bipolar disorder. Whatever the cause of his delinquency, court documents reflect that Kyler has said he started abusing alcohol at a very young age at the age of 11, smoking pot at age 12, and using cocaine at age 14, saying he even dabbled in heroin by age 16. Mm-hmm. People who knew him said that he was very charismatic, as you pointed out earlier, but people also said he could turn angry within seconds. And as a teen, he started getting into legal trouble. One early arrest was from 2010, this for stealing from a tattoo parlor where he worked, for which he served 10 days in jail. And soon after, he nearly killed a woman. This is going to kind of flesh out that story that you were talking about a little bit earlier here, Captain. The one from 2010. Yeah. Yeah. This was a girlfriend of Kyler's, and she should be described, in my opinion, as very, very lucky because she was able to eventually get away from Kyler still alive. Mm -hmm. This was Candace Martin St. Clair. Kyler assaulted her sometime in 2010, And at that time, Candace was 18 and six months pregnant with twins fathered by Kyler. The two were living together for about six months, but his behavior became increasingly aggressive and violent. So she was trying to leave him. Kyler came home drunk one night when she was packing her bags to leave. And he grabbed her around the throat with both hands, pinning her to the bed. She said that he looked deranged as he was choking her until she would almost lose consciousness. And then he punched her to make sure that she would stay awake and aware. She says that she finally passed out, but when she woke up, he was lying behind her, spooning her and whispering, I love you, and telling her that if she was good, that would not happen again. This guy's a raging psychopath but this was not the entire story for one thing candace told police that at two different times kyler killed some kittens right in front of her the couple had three kittens together and for my own sake and everybody else's without going Mm -hmm. into any detail he killed them all kyler was beating up candace in fact he bragged to her that he had killed a girlfriend in the past and would do the same to her if she left him. Well, the killing of the cats, is that's Luca Magnata shit, you know, puka not hada. Nevertheless, Candace said that she felt sorry for Kyler as he threatened to kill himself often if she left. And he also was the father of these unborn twins, so she kind of felt forced to stay with him at that time. She didn't report the attack at the time, but after a while with the kittens and some other stuff, his behavior became so frightening that she left and didn't look back. Yeah, good for her. And after she left, she noticed him following her and him leaving threatening messages for her to find. Part of the problem is that these guys are so manipulative and they can twist words and they can make you think that you're crazy. But you have to have your radar out for these creep bags and family members and friends have to have their radars out for these creep bags And I wish people would just raise better men so women wouldn't have to put up with this shit. She, too, attempted to obtain an order of protection against Kyler. Eventually, she had it dropped, this once they got back together. They were on and off for quite some time, it looks like, um, before it was finally over. Candace said that she did not realize that Kyler was a suspect in a girl's disappearance until she Googled him and found that there was a connection between him and Kara Kapetsky. Well, and she would have found that Kara's claims against Kyler are the same claims that she was making because he he does this to every 
girl he dates. Then a judge ordered the arrest of Kyler for failing to appear in court for each of the tattoo parlor incident and the kitten killing situations. He was arrested and charged with animal cruelty. So Kyler pled guilty and got two years probation for several charges, right? He eventually violated his probation by failing to attend a single. This is crazy. He's ordered to attend 26 court mandated batterers intervention classes. He fails to attend a single one. Like, not even going to fake it for a little while, right? Well, because he's a giant bag of shit. So at that time, Captain, his probation was then revoked, and he's sentenced to 180 days in jail. He eventually serves 120 of that. But look, if you know for a fact that Kyler, if you're law enforcement, you know for a fact that this horrible human, he's at this point, he's not even acting in any way, shape, or form, like a human, he kills several cats. That you got to give him more than two years probation. Even with all this violence and stuff going on, he's also busy committing other types of crimes, and several of these are serious crimes. At some point, he got in big time legal trouble when he got caught receiving a shipment from China of quote unquote designer drugs. This was intercepted by customs agents in San Francisco. This was a something I'm very, I'm really not familiar with here. Thankfully, Uh, this was a drug with the street name Meow Meow. Wait, so he's killing cats and he's taking drugs called Meow Meow. Well, probably looking to sell them if he's not. Oh, he's taking them. He's consuming them and looking to sell them because eventually he's going to be charged with a felony of drug trafficking based off of this situation. So he's sentenced to 45 months in federal prison, and he only ends up serving about 27 months of this, and he was permitted to live in a halfway house for two months after that. And then starting in April of 2016, he was ordered to home confinement in his grandfather's apartment, this in Kansas City. So this kind of brings us up to the point of Jessica going missing in September of 2016. But like you said, when Jessica goes missing, we we know she was last seen with Kyler. Then we know through his half-brother, Jessup, that we burned her vehicle. Jessup is also telling you, hey, Kyler confessed to me saying that he strangled her and threw her out in the woods. Yeah. But I also find it weird. We, We talk about this all the time. I don't care if he's your half-brother or what he is. If a scumbag tells you, hey, choke this girl and I threw her out in the woods and I, I need you to help me burn her car, he, he better have something damn good on you or you shouldn't be helping in the first place. And I find it very strange that he showed, Jessup shows up to help Kyler. Jessup shows up with his girlfriend. And she's, and and I'd like to know a little bit more information on this. I couldn't find it but she had a pistol with her. Well, we have to keep in mind that often people don't realize they're an accessory to a crime until they're accessory to a crime. Right. You usually don't lead in with, hey, I murdered someone. Can you help me? A lot of times it's, uh, hey, I need you to pick me up from here. or I need you to meet me here. And then next thing you know, your hands are dirty as well. Well, see, that's also why I wondered and it wasn't that clear is it possible that Kyler says, hey, uh, come pick me up here. Jessup shows up and the car is already on fire. And he had nothing to do with the car actually being on fire other than he was there. Because Kyler obviously got some pretty bad burn marks from the fire. Jessup did it. Yeah, so that is really all the information that's leading us up to when Jessica Runyon's vanishes in 2016, which was on September 8th. I do want to point out, too, that by the time that Kyler is arrested in 2016 for the burning vehicle, he had three children at that point. Now, Kyler's first court appearance after this arrest was eagerly attended by Rhonda Beckford. Carr's family had made sure to send someone to every court appearance of Kyler's throughout the years. So remember how we pointed out that the police kind of reminded Kyler over the years, hey, we're watching you. 
we don't like you. We think you're a scumbag. He received a lot of traffic citations. Mm-hmm. Anytime he was charged with something that was big enough to hit the papers over the years, Cara's parents would show up and sit in court. Yeah, that's awesome. And kind of rally behind the idea of, well, we don't have any answers in our case, in our daughter's case, but at least the guy that we're convinced did this is going to be locked up. Even if it's just for months, he's going to be locked up. Well, a lot of these missing person cases where it takes them a long time to find any remains, especially when there's some kind of accomplice, normally it takes a very long time for the accomplice to come forward, but Jessup's calling law enforcement the night that this happens. Yeah, and that's where the storytelling portion of this case gets a little difficult to follow along in the timeline because what we're going to see here, Captain, is Kyler will be arrested and charged for burning Jessica's vehicle. But keep in mind, when he's arrested and charged with that, there is no bodies at this time. We've not located Jessica. We've not located Kara. And it makes the story kind of not follow along a natural order to things. So currently on our timeline, we have Kyler arrested for burning Jessica's vehicle. Mm -hmm. Now, remember that Jessup Carter, Kyler's half-brother, called the police and reported Kyler for burning her car, but also for killing Jessica. This was in September of 2016. In April of 2017, an article in the Star reported that police had been seeking Jessup Carter on an outstanding felony charges for a traffic stop that went down on the day Jessica's car was burned. This was on the 10th of September. Deputies from the Henry County Sheriff's Office pulled over Jessup's 1998 Dodge Durango for crossing the center line and drifting onto the grass on Northeast Missouri Highway Number 2, as well for failing to have a working plate illumination light. In the vehicle at the time were Kyler Eust and a woman named Crystal Taylor. Mm-hmm. This is Jessup's longtime girlfriend. The cops frisked the occupants of the vehicle and found a knife on Jessup and a gun on Crystal. Jessup was charged in April of 2017, this is six months later, with resisting a traffic stop as well as multiple misdemeanors such as driving without a license, being uninsured, and failing to display plates. But he was also wanted on a charge of failure to appear in a domestic assault case. This whole bloodline is full of shit. Jessup eventually turned himself in to authorities on April 28th. It's not clear why the charges were were just now filed in 2017 when the incident took place in 2016. It seems likely that the police wanted to keep pressure on Jessup to give them more information about Kyler and what the three of them were doing that day after Jessica's car was found on fire. So on May 4th, 2017, this is at the 10th annual walk for Kara. We have over 100 people here walking in observance of the 10th anniversary of her disappearance. You know, they're holding signs, honoring the young woman demonstrating support for the family. She had still not been identified at this time. Remember, it wasn't until August 16th that she was officially confirmed via DNA. But my hat goes off and you have to applaud this community, how much they rallied around both of these girls, Cara and Jessica. Yes. And at this, at this annual walk for Cara, we have her mother, Rhonda, who tells the newspaper, I am finally relieved to have confirmation. We've known for a long time that Kara was gone, and we felt when they found the other remains that the other set was Kara. It's been a long 10 years, and this is the start of hopefully moving forward toward a prosecution. Kyler's trial for the vehicle arson was scheduled to commence on October 23, 2017, but on the 5th of that month, there was big news. Kyler was officially charged with murder 
for the killings of Jessica and Cara. The initial charges included two counts of abandonment of a corpse, but these charges were later dismissed. Mm -hmm. The probable cause affidavit stated that at least four people told investigators that Kyler had confessed to choking Cara to death. He told some that he put her body in the woods and others that she would never be found. An October 6, 2017 article said it's not clear why Eust was not charged in Kopetsky's death earlier. And a follow-up article says, might Jessica be alive today had he been arrested in connection with Kara's death based on those multiple recountings to acquaintances about the killing? These articles are pointing out that police had witness statements months after Kara went missing that Kyler killed her. Right. And so now everybody's really concerned that, hey, we may have saved a life if we could have locked this guy up all those years earlier. Yeah, and the community is law enforcement can't make this mistake again. Right. And so what we have here now, Captain, we have Kyler's going to face charges in multiple counties, but you have the counties that are kind of going to band together. And they're like, you know what? We can afford to drop the arson charges. We can cancel that trial. Let's all band together and focus instead on the much more serious murder case. So Kyler, he's allowed to plead not guilty to these charges. This in October of 2017. Now. How now, brown cow? How now, brown cow? We need to go back just a minute here. Because after Jessup, the half-brother, was released for turning himself in in April 2017, well, he went on a bit of a bender. Mm-hmm. His girlfriend and then wife, Crystal Taylor, remember she was the one in the vehicle with Kyler and Jessup on that night, said that after the episode where Jessup called the police on his brother, that he relapsed into drugs and then very quickly went downhill. He was arrested for domestic violence, and she took the kids and stayed in a shelter for a while. When Jessup was arrested again in April of 2017 for failure to appear on those domestic violence charges and for various charges from the incident where he was pulled over with Kyler and Crystal, Mm -hmm. he's asked by reporters, you know, will you comment on Kyler use case at this point? And he says that he could not, but that his family did not approve of what Kyler had done. And they empathized with the girl's families. Mm Mm-hmm. In July of the same year, Crystal turned on the news and saw Jessup's uncle Paul's house. Okay, so this is where Jessup was staying. She sees Paul's house on the news because it's on fire. And Jessup was arrested for arson. This guy has some issues. And for trying to stop firefighters from putting out the fire. So he's booked into county jail. On September 24th, Jessup was found dead in his cell at 4.30 a.m. of an apparent suicide. He hung himself, police said. Apparently, there was an FBI investigation into his death, but there was nothing to show that it was not a suicide. However, this is a weird little nugget here. Jessup left behind a note that has been regularly referred to as encrypted And believe it or not, that note has magically disappeared. Well, maybe I'm just a freak. You know, maybe I'm just freak nasty with it. But uh, when I hear suicide, cryptid note, I want to get my hands on that. I want to know what he was trying to communicate. And, And then it makes you wonder, why did it go missing? Jessup was in the back pocket of law enforcement. So now with the suicide, you got to toss that away. It's going to make convicting Kyler a lot more difficult. You're exactly right. And that was the fear, the shared fear at that time. We have both Jessica and Carr's families. They're now very concerned that Jessup is dead. He was expected, or at least they expected him to be the star witness in the state's murder case against Kyler. Mm Mm-hmm. Jessup even once proclaimed that he wanted the families to feel better at night that Kyler was finally put away. I mean, those are his words, so you would expect him to be the star witness. But clearly, he must have been conflicted about testifying against Kyler or, 
you know, he was spiraling out of control. It's really tough to say when we examine this situation here. Well, and he had that heavy drug addiction that he was back at. But another little interesting nugget here, Captain, is that at this time, yeah, it was not public information that Jessup had ratted out Kyler. You did a rat. So I don't know if he was dreading testifying against him or what have you, but he commits suicide. The prosecutors have to forge ahead and they go on record saying Jessup was a problematic witness anyway, right. because he was in jail for arson and had two protective orders taken out against him. So while he may have had good information to offer up on the stand, they weren't super in love with this guy because he was no saint himself. Well, again, he, he calls right away after this, after they set fire to Jessica's vehicle. And then now he commits suicide. It's almost like he was so remorseful or so, so much hated that he was involved at all that that's why he took his own life. Seems that way to me anyways. It very well could be. It also could be a, I think it's probably a mountain of things. Or maybe he was more involved than he's even telling people, and he just couldn't live with himself. It looks to me, regardless of his involvement, he was going to go away to prison himself. Right. And that might have not been something that he was willing to live with. Yeah, I agree with you. Kyler's attorneys, they were doing their best at this time to delay the trial and to dig up evidence exonerating Kyler. In December of 2019, they sought the right to independently test the remains found by the mushroom hunter, as well as hair recovered from an SUV searched by the FBI in 2013. This was the vehicle of someone who had been looked at as a potential other suspect in Kara's case. Mm -hmm. The defense is trying to raise concerns about this alternative suspect. Well, they're trying to do the same thing that Kyler was doing, point in every direction other than himself. Correct. And that and that's not where the twists and turns stop with this case. He's going to start throwing more people under the bus once this hits trial. Well, and the thing, too, is this is kind of leaving the door open, right? Once Jessup kills himself, now if you're the defender of Kyler, you're looking at this through a different lens you're going okay well maybe regardless of what the police say he very likely could have been their star witness now that guy's gone so the door is open to a potential defense here and the first thing that they start attacking is look there was another suspect at one point in at least Kara's murder and in Kara's disappearance and what they're saying at this point is we don't think that this guy was thoroughly investigated. Well, it's too bad Jessup took his own life because we could have got him on the stand like and a few good men and said, Colonel Jessup, I want the truth. Give me the truth. The defense for Kyler also filed motions challenging some of the witness statements in the case because they alleged that a Kansas City police officer who was working the case was told to step back from it as this officer was involved in a sexual relationship with one of the witnesses, but then continued to investigate the case even after being told not to. So the defense questioned the integrity of the evidence and the integrity of the investigation itself. At one point, the defense made a motion to have the judge removed because they argued that he was biased against their client this motion was denied by another judge. And they alleged that their confidential phone, email, and text conversations with Kyler from jail were improperly recorded and reviewed by the Cass County Sheriff's Office. Yeah, they're just trying every freaking trick in the book, and they're you know, just pulling shit out of their ass, throwing the shit on the wall, and seeing what sticks. On August 23, 2019, Kyler's attorney's filed a motion to have him declared incompetent to stand trial and seeking a psych evaluation. A mental evaluation found that he was, in fact, competent to stand trial. However, there was some back and forth as the defense attorneys objected to this finding and insisted on a second opinion. They then backed out of the second opinion but required Kyler to be medicated 
for anxiety and depression, which who knows how much of it was smoke and mirrors by the defense team. The trial eventually commenced in April of 2021, but not before Kyler's defense attorneys moved for a change of venue, claiming that he could not receive a fair trial in Cass County. Eventually, both sides agreed that the trial would stay in Cass County, but jurors would be imported from St. Charles County, closer to St. Louis. Meanwhile, the poor families of our victims had to endure more waiting. And a statement from John Runyon said, We want justice for Jessica and Cara, which in turn would be justice for our families and our community. Join us back here for part three. There's so much more to get to. If you have thoughts and opinions, check out our blog at truecrimegarage.com. And also check out our music that I create every week for the show. It's on Spotify or Apple Music. And until next episode, be good, be kind. And don't litter. Whether you're making the same breakfast that you have every day or baking a cake for an extra special day, eggs are a staple in our diets. Eggland's best eggs are nutritionally superior to ordinary eggs, containing more vitamins and 25% less saturated fat. Not only are they better for you, but Eggland's best eggs taste better too. There's a reason that they're America's number one eggs. Visit egglandsbest.com for additional information and delicious recipes.